0: program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth
2: Management. a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Saterra Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satira is under a separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satira Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is associated administratory advisor networks llc
1: it's time now for making money sense with larry rosenthal larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now author speaker and talk show host larry rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view call larry now Studio lines are open at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Making Money Sense is on the air. It is time for another edition of uh, Making
2: Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal. If you'd like to dial in, as you just heard, the number is 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Bob is ready to take your phone calls. I can see him like live on screen right now. He's excited about that. Again, eight five five Rose one two three. Good morning, Larry.
3: Good morning, Chris, and welcome back, Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob. It's good to be here see you all today. You know, check us out on LarryRosenthal.TV on YouTube. You can follow us there as we live stream the show from different locations around the country, around the globe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, hey, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. It's open mic Saturday, which means no questions barred whatsoever. Dial us up with any questions on the economy, the stock market. By the way, what happened to the stock market this past week? You know, I mean, it was just kind of crazy there, uh, the way it shot up on Friday, and 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 uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and what the deal is with with everything in the markets. But give us a call today with any questions on the economy, the markets, whatever's on your mind. Eight five five rose one two three eight five five seven six seven three one two three again. Let's take a look at the the markets, the economy. You know, first, first of all, every Monday morning we send out a market commentary, sort of an update of what just happened the past week. If you want to get a hold of that, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, sign up for it. There's no... Uh, cost for it at all. We want to continue to provide education the right way on financial planning, wealth management, estate planning, I mean, tax minimization strategies. We'll be talking some about that today as the IRS has just released the 2024 changes. Oh, and we have some good and bad news along with that. So we'll break that down. In how many pages moment. is it? <laughs> uh, I don't know how many pages it is, but you know i know how IRS a lot stuff of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, hey, what's going on here? You know, last week or, or a week ago Wednesday, the Fed basically sat back and said, we're going to pause. The market's been up just about every day. Since then, Friday, the markets really took off. Uh, you know, the, the tech heavy, you know, the NASDAQ tech, tech heavy stock uh, uh, index was, mm-hmm. was up over 2% alone on Friday. Um, you know, the, the economy has changed. The economy has changed two Wednesdays ago when the Fed said we're going to sit on a pause. But he also came in this past week and basically said, listen, you know, we're not ready to have easy monetary policy. We're not ready to start lowering and making conditions more accommodative. We're going to sit right where we are because we still have to address the question, which I've been talking about now for a long time. We are 17 months into this process. The Fed has raised rates 10 times over 14 months we are sitting in month seventeen right now. Sometime, middle of next year, it's estimated that the Fed will start to roll. We'll, Fed will start to reduce rates a little bit. So expect a little volatility between now and then. You know, but we've been having earnings coming in. Right now, third quarter earnings re- being reported with just under ninety-two percent of all the S and P five hundred companies reporting. When you take a look at blended earnings, which is estimates. On yet-to-be-reported and actuals, we're seeing 4% rise, okay? And sales growth top line is up 2.2% over last year, year over year. Very strong, resilient economy, okay? This is very good. We've gotten through the par- first part of this cycle, which which is the raising of interest rates. Now the Fed's sitting on the pause button, Okay. Let's sit back and make sure that we get this question answered in the next four or five months. Has the Fed gone far enough or not far enough at all as far as the battle against inflation goes? They still sit on the fact they want to bring inflation down to 2%. Hey, I'm fine with that if they can get there. But we have domestic energy policy to deal with as well as still supply chain issues around the globe also. So we'll see how this plays out, but but things are looking pretty, pretty optimistic as far as uh, – where we are today versus just a couple of weeks ago. Let's bring John on from Maryland. Good morning, John. How are you today?
4: Oh, not too bad, I can hardly hear you. I'm on a cell phone.
3: Okay, well, I can hear you pretty good. How can I help you?
4: Okay, well, I'm a 100% disabled veteran, and I've never had any uh, tax-generating income since the Vietnam War. But we've uh, lived frugally and saved up our money, and now we're to the point where we have enough in CDs that it's generating some significant um, interest. And we're trying to find out at what level we're supposed to start filing income tax, and nobody seems to know.
3: Uh, Well, first of all, John, thank you for your service to our country. I appreciate that, uh, first of all. Thank you um if you file your taxes married filing jointly okay once you get over that first little threshold there you you and I don't have the the, the chart in front of me i think it's 44,000 or whatever you should do that but this is really a question for for a tax preparer okay um i don't know if you itemize i don't know if you just claim the standard deduction i don't know what your overall tax return looks like but if you like, so you I can put you on hold, one. and I'll get that's that answer to you on one. Monday. Okay?
4: Uh, I've not filed one since 1966.
3: Let me. L- I will get that answer to you on Monday. Okay, sir? Okay. All right. Because now you're having you're having income that's coming in from the interest on your CDs. Yeah. So. It, you know, basically, if, if your deductions are large enough to offset that, then you would not have to worry about that. But I don't want to give you that answer without looking at your returns. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place you on hold and have somebody give you a call next week who can give, give you the direction from a tax preparer's perspective, okay? That's what I'd like to do for you. Right, that you. way I there's no guessing all. or anything involved with all of that. God bless so, you,
2: John. Thanks for your service.
3: Yep, appreciate the phone call, John. Thank you very much. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring eight five five ROSE one two three. You know, getting back to where we are in the economy right now, we are starting to see, um, you know, market movement. Remember, the market is a forward looking indicator, and we've seen this. And this this kind of goes to the 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 point we've been talking about for a long time now, which is a lot of people have moved their monies out of the markets. And a lot of money sitting on the sidelines, okay? And be prudent when you're starting to put it back in. Make sure you understand today's economy versus a year ago. Make sure you understand where monetary policy is and most likely the direction it's going. And where we are right now with the leadership in the market, it's very narrow. And it's starting to broaden out, but make sure that you you know what you own from the standpoint of rock-solid balance sheets, good corporate earnings, um, things of that nature. Make make sure you own very good quality stocks, mutual funds, ETFs going forward, and you're in the right asset classes as far as that goes. You know, one thing that I'm not happy about in hearing this, Mm. positive news about the economy, is credit card balances. Credit card balances across the country now have reached $154 billion, higher than they were a year ago. It's the largest annual increase since 1999 when the Fed actually started keeping track of all this stuff. So the consumer is healthy and strong and starting to grow. This is consistent with the GDP that we've seen in the last few quarters. You know, and the old the old adage on Wall Street is you save your money and get everybody else to spend theirs, right? What, what that would drive you- stock performance up and you save. So make sure that your household balance sheet is in order as well. Yeah. Every day the calendar flips forward is a day closer to that college funding bill coming due and that day when you actually retire, whether you want to or it's on your terms at all. Why so do you think
2: f- that the credit card debt is, is bouncing like that? I mean, are people's incomes not uh, able to
3: handle it, or what's what do you think that is? People's well, you know, we're we're not through the pipeline yet of people's income being able to handle the inflation bout we just oh. had for people that are on on fixed income. You know, Social Security last year got a got an eight percent increase. This year, a five. Prices are still high. Prices are still – they're going to be coming down, but those two bumps up in Social Security are not. So their only solution was to
2: put it on a credit card. Until well, they- from
3: that standpoint, yeah, but a lot of people when we came out of COVID, Chris, had all that stimulus sitting in their bank accounts, yeah. and it's starting to be spent. Now, when you when you dissect the economy in into spending in, 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 in tranches of five, 20% here, 20% there – you know the the top 20 percent are they're fine. Those, those people are always fine, no matter what type the economy is in. But as you gauge where where household income is being stretched, they're starting to use more credit card balances. Yeah, that's right a scary now. thing. And that that's this is where understanding financial planning really comes in and building a financial plan. You know, and and taking a good solid look at you know at, at the end of the day, one of the most over overlooked scenarios in a financial plan is. What does it look like with my estimated retirement income versus my expenses at that particular point in time? Mm-hmm. You know, And that's, that's where really the rubber meets the road as far as all that goes. Well, credit card companies don't make it very easy either. They
2: love, love to sort of get you with all their little deals, and they'd suck you in. And in the end, it's not
3: a good thing to have that credit card debt. It's not, not, not at all, especially if you're paying it off over time. Mm-hmm. But let me just sort of talk about the, the pendulum here in lending because the pendulum – the, the lending you know one of the one of the big benefits in our economy that spurs economic growth is the is the access and availability of capital well earlier this year when when we saw silicon valley bank default right and go out of business other banks got a little jittery. They sort of closed down their their, their uh, lending windows in the different banks. So they made lending tighter. They made lending to get a loan for a car, for even a credit card, even homes, business loans, things like that. They made it tighter. Okay. So that pendulum has swung very far. Mm-hmm. Now that pendulum is is kind of you know it, it hasn't come back yet, but once it starts to, once banks start to gain confidence in the ability for consumers to repay, right, after things settle out probably another handful of months or so, we will start to see lending open up a little bit wider at that particular point. That too is going to start to boost the economy uh, velocity of money, money moving all around. so So from the standpoint of where are we right now, economically, we are not out of the woods yet. I'm not waving the all-clear flag by any means (laughs) at all, but I am saying as a result of the Fed's comments two weeks ago, we now see a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's where we're at 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 this particular point. So good time to rebalance, take a good look at what you own, and uh, assess your risk level too as far as all that goes. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here. It is open mic Saturday. Hey, on on another note, go visit my website, rosenthalwealthmanagement.com or larryrosenthal.com. We're going to have an educational economic webinar on November 30th, okay? And and what we're going to do, there's two times, from noon to 1 Eastern and then from 6 to 7 Eastern. There's no cost for this, so go visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminars. You'll see it right there to register. There's no cost for this webinar. And what we're going to be doing is, you know, a lot of times we do financial planning. We do different things, wealth management, state taxes, the whole nine years. This one is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it because we're going to be teaching about leading economic indicators. I get the question all the time, Larry, what do you read? What do you look at all the time? What do you pay attention to? What's the most important thing that you pay attention to? One of them is LEIs, leading economic indicators. So we're going to break these down. We're going to talk about leading economic indicators and roll that discussion into a properly built financial plan for you. So check it out on our website on uh, November 30th. It's going to be from noon to 1 and from 6 to 7. This is a live webinar, so go register right now on my website at LarryRosenthal.com. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Larry, I got my popcorn ready. But I'm all really All right. Yeah, this is going to be fun.
5: The cdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to the cdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to the cdfi.org. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit. 855 767 3123. That's 855 Rose 123. This is The Larry
2: Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855 767 855-ROSE-123. And if you're uh, watching us on YouTube, you can see the little uh, icon in the top left-hand corner. They call them QR codes. If you scan that with your phone, it'll take you right to the events coming up, the webinar, and you'll be able to sign up for that. We'd love to have you in that and be
3: there for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we talked earlier today about talking about some of the changes coming in 2024 on taxes. Yeah. I got some good news and some, <laughs> I guess I would call it lazy news, oh. Congress lazy news. How's oh. that? Oh, so not, well, is that good news you or bad never news? never known Congress to be <laughs> lazy, right? Okay, so let's take a look here. Good okay. news. Larger standard deduction next year, right? Mm-hmm, okay. So that's a good thing. You know, uh, for individuals, it's going to be up to $14,600. That's a $750 increase. And for married filing jointly, twenty nine two. It's an increase of fifteen hundred dollars. That's good, right? That's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, capital gains taxes—some good news there, because tax brackets have stretched. In other words, you could pay, you could buy an asset, hold it for a year and a day, and then sell that asset, maybe a stock or whatever it might be, and if your income, including the gain, was below forty four thousand six twenty five this year. You paid no capital gains taxes on it. Now that's in indexed up to forty seven thousand and twenty five dollars, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. And they've also done the same thing for married married couple filing jointly. So you got zero fifteen and twenty. Check out those published numbers. That's going to enable you to do a little bit better tax harvesting uh, down the road next year when it comes to you know. Uh, Adding, providing better returns and things like that in your overall portfolio. Uh, let's let's go take a quick break here. Let's bring Vicki on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Vicki. How are you?
6: Good morning. I have a question about uh, the required minimum distribution and okay. the charity uh, deduction. If my uh, required minimum distribution is, is 20000 and I've already withdrawn 5000 if I want to give a charity a uh, a total of 20,000 and that would not be uh taxable. Uh it's a whole 20,000 um deductible even though I've already uh, gotten 5,000 on my minimum distribution. It's any amount out of my uh IRA uh tax free if I give it to charity.
3: So Vicky, here's the way it works. So When when you're 70-and-a-half and and over, and this year if you're 73, you have to take RMDs, but when you're 70-and-a-half and and over and you have IRA money, you can give to a charity right out of your IRA tax-free basically through what's called a QCD, a qualified charitable donation. So in your case, you've written them a check for $5,000, and now you want to give them another 15000 for a total of twenty. You can do a QCD, which is a qualified charitable donation form. So wherever your money held, you get that form at the custodian, the mutual fund company, wherever it may be. Fill it out. They will then, in turn, send that money right over to the charity. That will satisfy your RMD requirements. You pay no tax on that, and the charity gets the money, and they can – cash it out tax-free because they're a nonprofit. so your QCD giving satisfies your RMD now suppose your RMD was 20,000 and you wanted to give the charity 10 you could do a QCD for 10 you take the other 10 and pay taxes on it or suppose your your RMD was 10,000 and you still wanted to give the charity 20 you can still give them 20,000 Okay, and that satisfies through the QCD mechanism, and that satisfies your RMD. You cannot carry that extra twenty thousand over to the fo- that extra ten thousand, excuse me, over to the following year. But you're allowed to do a QCD up to ten up to a hundred thousand dollars right now. Does that answer QCD, your question? Not
6: not total the QCD. Is tied to my RMD. I cannot give the charity more than my RMD and not be taxed for. Uh, for instance, if my RMD is is twenty thousand and I want to give the charity thirty thousand, am I still taxed for that additional ten thousand or not?
3: No, you're not. If you do it through QCD, you can oh. give a charity up to a hundred thousand dollars per year through QCD. And as long as your RMD is below that, it satisfies your RMD requirement. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, so uh, there is, just to let you know, there is a little bit of wiggle room, and I'm probably going to start a whole problem with this around the country when I say this. But You? No, come on. Yeah, here, here's the story. So in part of the SECURE Act 2.0, they did change part of RMD Uh, what I'm going to call stacking and crediting. If you're taking fixed payments that are satisfying RMDs and it's over the amount of your RMD, then that can qualify for a reduction in RMD calculation the following year. Now, that's a very specialized pension program that they, they included. But to me, that opens up the door for thought of, you know what, if somebody gives extra, maybe it satisfies the following year. That's not on the books, okay, by any means. But they did open up the door. They cracked the the, the window of that a little bit down the road. Um, Vicky, if you like, I'll send you out some some stuff on RMDs and QCDs as well. Okay, make sure that when you do the QCD uh, with with your firm or whatever, that that uh, the money leaves your account and that they cash it before the end of the year. Okay, so don't wait till the last week. To go ahead and do this, so appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. We are talking about taxes. We're talking about required distributions. We're talking about qualified charitable donations. So, so under the heading of good news for tax changes uh, happening next year, again, we've got the tax brackets stretched a little bit for um uh 0% 15 and uh percent capital gains rates uh, as well as 20 so so there's a little bit more wiggle room there if you want to do any tax harvesting as far as state taxes go in 2024 um right now in 2023 you're allowed to give $17,000 to somebody so chris you can you can send me $17,000 and you don't have to pay any taxes on that at all next year the good news is you can gift me <laughs> me and bob each 18,000 right it check. goes up to 18,000 <laughs> right so so You're um, a funny guy I guess you Yeah are. there you go so 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 that's a good thing let's talk a little bit about the gifts okay I get this question a lot and and the recipient of a gift never pays tax on it. First of all, the recipient doesn't pay tax. So Chris, you can gift me eighteen thousand dollars next year and be fine. You can gift my wife eighteen thousand dollars. And be
2: now, fine. I might do that. Holly's a nice. I might do that.
3: Yep. But 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 <laughs> uh, so so let's let's look at how this plays out. If you decided to gift me twenty thousand. Then you're two thousand over the gift limit, and that would be a taxable event to you oh, I see. on the gift tax. Now you can use your one million dollar lifetime exclusion up on that, okay? But stay within the eighteen thousand. So, so you can gift me eighteen thousand. You can gift my wife eighteen thousand. You, your wife can gift me eighteen thousand, and your wife can gift my wife eighteen thousand. Wow. Right? Okay. So that's how that thing plays out right there. All right. And so that's nearly almost a 6% increase over last year's giving. So so next year it goes up to $18,000. That's important when you're dealing with some estate planning, when you're dealing with funding irrevocable trust for insurance purposes, for the number of beneficiaries as far as how much you can put in there to reduce your estate taxes. So So although this doesn't sound like a big deal, this is a big deal for people that need this done when you're looking at some advanced state, state planning uh, scenarios. Now, talking about estates, right? Right now, Chris, you know, if you were to pass away, you've got an exclusion of a little over $12 million before you get into the estate tax world. That's gonna go up to 13.61, all right? Which the exemption right now is 12.92. In 2026, that goes away. A lot of this stuff we're talking about today goes away, okay? Uh, Because we revert back to the pre-Trump tax error rates where everything goes back up again. So if Congress doesn't do anything between now and 2026, then uh, we're going to get a reversion back to a pretty large tax increase at that particular point. Bad news. Bad news on what's coming out right now. Um, And this is – this is – this is – you know, they do this to us, and and it's – they're famous for this. They do this to us. They put in a new tax law, and they don't apply it to the cost of living, and then over years it starts capturing more and more people into the new tax law, and this is what happened. Um, you know, you, you take a look here at for investors that are selling homes, um, you know, when 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 you're looking at uh, net investment income, the 3.8 uh, percent, things like that. When you're looking at capital gains uh, carry forwards. You know, those are not included in the adjustments automatically for inflation. So when somebody sells their home, a single individual today sells their primary residence not an investment property, but their primary residence, they can profit up to 250,000 dollars and, and uh, anything above that, they've got to pay capital gains tax on. Now Mary filing jointly, it's 500,000. Anything above that, you've got to pay capital gains. That came into effect in 1997 and has not increased since. So has property values gone up since 1997? <laughs> yeah. Probably, right? Oh, yeah. I would think so. This feature has not been indexed to inflation and therefore it's capturing a lot of people mm. in this tax. Okay? Now, there is a proposal up there that's talking about raising individuals to 500,000 and married couples up to a million dollars. That's going to alleviate some pressure on people paying this tax. And what it does, more importantly, is now it allows a bigger chunk of money to move into the economy instead of going into the government, which helps propel expansion and growth and build future tax bases as far as that goes. They're also talking about increasing the – the. Um, amount of carryover that you can carry on your capital gains. It's been stuck at $3,000 since forever almost. They're talking about a bill that would move that up to $13,000 carryover plus adjusted for inflation going forward. Now, that's not in yet. These are just bills, okay? But uh, we would love to see both of these bills get passed and signed into law. This would be a very, very good thing to help people continue to grow uh, their their personal assets and reduce taxes, uh, you know, as far as all that goes. So hey, give us a ring here this morning. Which, by the way, the the income tax bri- brackets um, have expanded a little bit. We still have the same seven brackets, but they've expanded a little bit. So so some people at the upper end of one bracket will get moved into another, and and others will stay the same as as far as all that goes. And you so, see the question on the screen there from YouTube there. I do not. Uh, once the RMD is issued, did I hear you say that the check must be cashed by the end of the year? Yes. So so we need to have – when when you send out a, a gift, uh, it's cleanest if it leaves your account and it gets cashed before the end of the year to the charity. The charity doesn't really matter. There's no incentive from a tax perspective for the charity to carry it over. Um, so we've always been very conservative about that and telling clients just that. Uh, uh, for, from that standpoint. So, yeah. Um, so, hey, you know, taxes are the most expensive thing inside any investments at all. And it's important to understand this stuff. Now, we love to see Congress pass these two two additions to the rules on capital gains on the home, as well as carryover losses from 3000 up to 13000 So, hey, let's open up the phone lines again. Give us a call this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Go check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our, our upcoming webinar on Thursday, November 30th. We're going to be talking about leading economic indicators. We'll be talking about... What a financial plan looks like, and and uh, and we'll also talk a little bit because it always comes up on how <laughs> to minimize tax exposure. That's for sure. So, uh, two sessions: one to, uh, noon to one, and then six to seven p.m. They're both live that day, and there's no cost for this webinar. So, we'd like to do that. Give us so, a ring at eight five five rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Back in a moment. Well, with more. Before
2: before we take a quick break, Larry, uh, if you if you don't mind. Uh, Claudia has a question there on the screen for you. Um, basically, she wants to know how you feel about the concept of putting 50% into fixed annuity and, and instead of bonds and using the interest to buy stocks when they are down in, in the investment profits from stocks into
3: fixed Okay, so here's the question. So, so where these questions are coming from? They're coming from our our followers on YouTube. Correct. As we live stream the show at LarryRosenthal.tv, people are just firing in questions. This yeah. one here is: put 50% into a fixed uh, uh, annuity instead of bonds. Use interest to buy stocks when they are down. Invest profits from stocks into fixed uh, uh, income annuity. What to do with income annuities? Uh, what do fixed income annuities cost? Let's take the latter first. Most fixed income annuities don't have a big fee in them, okay? Because you're you're getting typically there, there's usually a a, a, uh, a flat fee, but there's no fee for the investments in a lot of them. It depends on which ones you have. You've got fixed annuities, you've got indexed annuities, and variable annuities. So read the brochures and prospectuses, and that will disclose to you the the different fees inside there. But for the most part, fixed annuities don't carry a lot of those fees. Now, when you put money into a fixed annuity, I'm assuming it's non-IRA money to begin with because you're talking about writing a check. So if you put money into a fixed annuity, inside that annuity it all grows tax-deferred. So if you're talking about housing that money in a fixed annuity and then one day when stocks go down, pulling it out and buying stocks – you could be subject to a tax. If you're under 59 and a half. it could be a 10% penalty, but any interest earnings on that annuity that you put in there uh, is, or any interest earnings on the principal that's inside the annuity will be taxed at ordinary income because money that goes into an annuity grows tax-sheltered. There's no taxes in it, on it while it's growing, but when it comes out, it doesn't come out at capital gains. It comes out at ordinary income taxes, which, you, for the most part, a lot of times is higher than your capital gains. So, I don't really like that strategy. Plus, inside fixed annuities, a lot of times you have surrender charge periods of time. For example, most of them carry seven years, which means in the first seven years, functionally, you can take 10% out of what you put in. So, if you put money in there to be safe and secure, and then you want to, you want to, wait for the stock market to drop and then to pull it out and buy buy some, you might look at a different type of an annuity, one that has the, all those different investment asset classes in it, like a variable annuity or, in some cases, an indexed annuity. Um, but but another alternative to this would be Treasury bills. You get a very handsome rate with Treasury bills. You don't pay any state income taxes on it, but, yes, you do pay federal taxes on, on the interest that you, you you harvest each year. So – if if you're looking to use an annuity as a temporary parking place to put money in and then pull money out, put money in and pull money out, you could be subject to some penalties. Uh, so, so, you know, the, the, when you're looking at fixed annuities, the insurance companies that issue them, they want to make sure your money stays there for at least three years. Most of them are seven, uh, some five, uh, because that's how they make their money on it. If the fees are very, very low or in some cases no fees – they're using your money to invest uh, in their ways, and then they're going to give you back a crediting mechanism and keep the difference. So, so you know, that's why they put some handcuffs on the liquidity of those things. I've got a kit, actually, that, that I can send you out if you wanted to on the three different types of annuities and how they all work, fixed, indexed, and variable annuities. Hey, let's open up the phone line still. Let's give us a call here this morning at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. Love the questions on the YouTube channel. Keep them coming in. Larry Rosenthal.tv. Back in a moment with more. Making money.
1: listening to making money sense live with larry rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 more making money sense in a moment and
4: here's
1: another
3: money minute with larry rosenthal We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives.
5: Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. you found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome
2: back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is our phone number to call. That's 855-ROSE123. love to hear from you, and don't forget about that
3: upcoming webinar. That's going to be a lot of fun, Larry. It will. It's going to be Thursday, November 30th. Uh, Looking forward to it. You know, this this will probably be the last one for the year, and then we'll crank them up again in January. But we want to continue to provide, you know, financial education. And uh, with these webinars, you know, we do in-person webinars. We, I mean, seminars as well. But but with the webinars, we're able to, to teach a lot of people all around the country. You know, about proper financial planning, and we do. We have people from all over the country, uh, you know, uh, on on the webinar watching and and, and things like that, too. So, you know, hey, you know, let's let's also bring things back to some, some reality here. A lot of people are nervous about the markets. A lot of people are nervous about all the wars and the geopolitical comments and things all around the globe and can you not like be this. with all the
2: stuff going on I mean, that's exactly
3: not... right but you know what does the lord say about worry don't do it basically and in first peter 5 7 it says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and my god will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory that's in christ scripture. jesus that's a wonderful scripture you know that is a very that is a very securing verse if you think about it you know so so let's keep our eyes on the lord and 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 trust in him and not in things seen things in things that are seen are not going to last they will not last but we need to start thinking eternally uh with with our thoughts with our actions with our deeds with our resources as well uh
2: got to slow down a little bit sometimes and focus back on the lord right i mean it's just
3: Sometimes this Well, we've busy got and to focus on the Lord 24-7, Chris. That's true. It's about yeah. Jesus. It's not about all this. And what is our role? What are, you know, We have a role of stewardship. We've talked about that. But stewardship goes farther beyond just our assets and our money and real estate and different things like that. It goes to our relationships as well. Are we being good stewards with our relationships, with our friends, our family, our coworkers, people around us? You know, are we are we witnessing to them? Are we showing them the way, Mm. you know, and and by our you know, there's a book out there. You know, does your walk talk louder than your talk talks? You know, how are you living your life, basically? So so put Jesus first with with, without a doubt, you know. Um, So, hey, yeah, uh, we're we're uh, hitting on taxes big times today. And and I, I pulled this up um I, I i wanted to, to get into this a, a few weeks ago but uh we we just never had any time to do it and and uh, i thought maybe today we would do this a little bit if we had some time but we got some calls coming in so let me uh pull those up and I'll, I'll i'll talk about this the recovery out of covid predictions that we made uh what three years ago now but let's bring sarah on the line from mississippi good morning sarah how are you today Sarah, are you there?
2: No, she's she's jumped off somehow, but we'll try to get her back.
3: Yep, see if we can do that. Okay, let's bring on. Good morning. Let's welcome Kef on the line from South Dakota. Are you there, Kef? Yes, I am. How can I help you?
4: Well, I'm driving truck right now, and I have a scheduled appointment, so I need to keep rolling down the road. I'm going to try to do this. I hope it works. I have uh, an inheritance question. So my father died about 10 years ago. My mom is alive and inherited the real estate, the land, its farmland, and I will inherit a portion of that when she passes away. Is there a way or what kind of tax implications, I don't know how to ask that, would I be looking at when that happens?
3: Most likely, Kef, you would receive what's called a stepped-up basis in value. So let's okay. suppose let's just do something very simple. Let's suppose it's worth a million dollars when it was purchased or let's suppose it's worth a million dollars on the day your mom received it from your father. Okay. Today let's suppose that it's worth 500 uh, or or worth 1.5 million now. So it's increased by 500,000. Okay. So at her passing, you would receive this asset and you get what's called a stepped-up basis in value, meaning your basis now becomes $1.5 million. You could essentially sell it the next day and not pay taxes on that 500000 of increase that your mom had, providing you have no incidence of ownership on it now. If it's not jointly owned by you, if it's jointly owned by you, if she puts your name on the title and is jointly owned by you, then you're going to re, you're going to incur or realize her cost basis in the property but if you're if if you are being if you are the beneficiary and receiving it from that standpoint whether it's a TOD form or through a trust or something like that then you receive a stepped-up basis in value okay um, well
4: we were looking at something I forget what it was called where she would retain ownership, and on her death, then we would receive that. That that way, we would have stepped up base. Right.
3: Yes. Now, are you talking about she retains ownership to live there for life, and she already passes the ownership on? Did was there a sale? Did she sell it already, and she gets a life estate inside of it? Is that what you're talking about? That
4: that's what I was. That's what I was looking for. The life estate. How would that work? if she puts that land in a life estate how does that work
3: so when it goes into the life estate usually what happens then is well first of all she's going to 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 have the right to stay there for the rest of her her life okay as long as she okay. can while somebody else is owning it so it the answer is i need to see how is this going into a trust is she selling it to you now or is it going into a a trust that gives her the privileges of staying there but she still owns it or the trust owns it and then when she passes then you get the ownership then you're going to receive stepped up basis if you if you get ownership on it today then your stepped up basis goes away okay that's the key word. part in that's the key part right. in the tax code. So oh, when you okay. say how does it work putting it into a fee simple life estate trust, I, I need to look at the the right. details in there uh, on that. Okay, now I'm not an attorney or anything like that, but but the right. details are are on that. But that's that's the issue that you want to protect is your ownership while she's still alive. Therefore, one day. You know, if she does pass, then you become the owner. That's when you get your stepped-up basis, okay? Okay. And so, putting it in a in a in a a life estate trust, that can work that way as well. But when things go into a trust, you also have to look at ownership and stuff like that too. Now, there's nothing wrong with you having power of attorney to be able to act on her behalf, okay? Uh Um, That doesn't give you ownership. Right, because the power of attorney, you, you have a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interest of the beneficiary, which is your mom, not you. Right. Okay. Okay. So so it sounds like okay. to me that that you've got some estate planning going on. I can send you out some information on it all if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need sure. to get you with an attorney in the state where your mom lives. I, I assume it's South Dakota. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, so that's what we need to do, Kev, is, is to do that. If okay. you want, I'll go ahead and I'll put you on hold, and I'll send you out some basics in estate planning and some life life estate uh, document, things like that, that we have a library of that for education. Then we need to get to, okay. to an estate attorney in, in, in South Dakota, and I can help you find one there if you like. So I'll go ahead and put you on a quick hold, okay? Okay. All right. And Bob will you. get your information. Yep. Appreciate the yep. phone call. Hey, dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any questions at all, hit us up with a question on our YouTube channel, LarryRosenthal.TV. Just type it in right there. Happy to do that. So a few years ago when we had COVID and the economy got closed, shut down, we started asking some questions and I wrote down about 10, 15 different things on what's it going to look like on the other side of covid and some things have substantially changed you know the banking industry it used to be before covid that a lot of people still took their checks into the bank and cashed them or deposited them today much more much more uh prevalent is is the mobile deposit right that's changed working from home you know, it was it was it was a thrill, it was a privilege, or whatever it was, to work every other Friday, if you will, from home. Now there's still a lot of people working from home. Industries have changed as a result of that, with, without a doubt. How has that affected commercial real estate? <laughs> it's really affecting it commercial. Ghost real towns state. around there. Yeah, we're starting to see you know refabrications in in high rise uh, office buildings mm-hmm. that are that are starting to change. You know. What about the future of taxes? You know, back in the financial crisis, GFC, the great financial crisis of 2008 and 9, 7, 8, 9, I guess, um, all the stimulus money went into the banks. We didn't have that big bang of inflation. This time around in COVID, all the stimulus money went directly into people's pockets which caused this big bout of inflation that we're actually Mm. working our way through still at this particular point. There's been a great debate on how college is being delivered now. You know, college kind of got kind of proved that college education can be delivered via email, Zoom, whatever it may be. Right. Okay. Now, there's other aspects of college. From the socialization standpoint, camaraderie, things like that, to be on campus and back in classrooms, without a doubt. But there's some questions that are circla- circulating around that, uh, s- circling around that, circling around that issue as well that have come out of COVID. So the economy has changed; uh, the future of some of these industries have changed, and they may not be going back either to to, to some of the other ways. So I've got a question here on dot uh, TV on YouTube. How does one set up TOD in Prince George's County, Maryland? Um, So it depends on what you're talking about, TOD, transfer on death. If it's a home or if it's an investment account or a bank account, they're they're called PODs, payable on death, Um, cars, TOD. So it depends on what the asset is. So if it's a home, you want to contact the – County Recorder's Office in the county that your home is deeded in, where it's filed, and ask them for the form. It may it the forms T O D transfer on death are called different in different states depending on the asset. Car, ask ask your D M V in the county that it's registered, or, or the, excuse me, the state that it's registered in. So so, but it all carries the same scenario. So if it's a home. Maryland doesn't have a TOD form. It's called something different. And, but it, it functions and does the exact same thing, but it's not called transfer on death, and I'm drawing a blank right now as to what it's called. So, so uh, just, just call uh, – if you want, I'll, I'll be happy to uh, – Bob, if you can fire them back a, a little note, we can get, uh, get that information to them. We work with um, – uh, we have an office in Maryland. i just drawing a blank on the technical name of the form right now, but it does work that way. Uh, so, so, um, when, when we're looking at some of the industries that, that how they're reacting now coming out of COVID, you know, what's going on with, with restaurants, restaurant industry has changed. Yes. They're all open up again. And that's great. Cause I like food. I'm a foodie. Okay. But, but have they changed? Yes. It used to be mainly Chinese food and pizza were the two things that you could get <laughs> delivered before COVID. Right. A yeah. couple things here with the other delivery services, but now they're much more prevalent, okay, the, deli- the home food delivery services, you know, uh, you, because a lot of restaurants that didn't participate in that before now participate in that. That industry has changed without a doubt, and I don't see that that's going back at all. Let's bring Elsie on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Elsie. How are you today?
7: I'm fine. Thank you.
3: How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. How can I help you?
7: I just have a question. I have some money in the IRA, and I'm um, wanting to give some of the money to my kids. Um, will they be paying taxes if I give them some money annually or, or any time?
3: So, Elsie, you can't give money inside your IRA to your children. This is the, the process you have to do. You have to withdraw it out of your IRA then you pay the tax on it. Then you can gift it to your children.
7: Will they be paying taxes for the money that I give them?
3: No, as long no, they will not. And the most you can give them is eighteen thousand dollars each per year.
7: Okay. Should, uh, should I give them uh, through the year, like let's say five thousand, then another five thousand, or something like that? If
3: you through wanted to, year. it's however you want to give it. You know, if, if if you want to give it to them spread out through the year or in a lump sum, that's entirely up to you, Elsie, on how you want to give the money to your children. Okay? Okay. There's, there's no rule on that. There's just gift tax rules, and 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 we talked a little bit about that earlier today. The most you can give somebody is eighteen thousand a year. If they're married, you can give your child eighteen thousand and his or her spouse eighteen thousand. Okay. okay. If you're married, then your spouse can give each of them 18000 as well. So, so $72,000 can be given. If you end up giving more than that, then you have to pay a gift tax. You have to file yeah. a gift tax form, and you, the giver, have to pay the gift tax on that. Now, there's some exemptions to that because you have a $1 million lifetime exemption that you can eat up. Um, but I can send you information out on how all the giving works and things like that. But you can't directly give somebody money from your IRA, okay?
7: And that is uh, besides my RMD.
3: Pardon me. I'm
7: I'm receiving um, uh, my RMD.
3: Okay. So so here's an idea. Let Let me ask you this: Do you give money to charities to churches?
7: Yeah, but uh, I don't I don't put it as a as um charity. I just give it to uh, at the end of the year.
3: You don't record it.
7: And I so, give my eyes.
3: So one thing that, one thing that you can do is since you're at RMD age, is you can gift your RMD through a QCD form. You can gift that to the charity or the church. Okay. So you're giving them the tax, taxable money. They're a tax-free entity, so they get to get it tax-free. And then you can give your children money from your checking account, and now you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So you're still giving the charity money, and you're giving your kids money from your checking account, which is after-tax money to you. That's more tax-efficient way providing there's resources there to to go ahead and do that
7: okay well thank you so much i have something in emergency here
3: Thank you, Larry. Okay, um, I appreciate the phone call. You listen to making money sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE 123. I hope her emergency was okay. <laughs> 855-ROSE 123. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for our upcoming webinar on Thursday, November 30th. We have two sessions that day, noon to one Eastern and 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. We're gonna be teaching about the leading economic indicators in the economy. If I knew which direction the economy was going, things would be a whole lot easier to understand, <laughs> wouldn't it? That's what we're going to be going over, leading economic indicators on that webinar. So go check it out. There's no cost for it whatsoever. Let's go ahead and bring Pamela on the line. We're out of time, Larry. We're out of time. Oh, we're out of time? You have 25 seconds left. I don't see. Oh, I see those. <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> here we go. Uh, look, Pam, I, I know you're on the line here. I'm going to put you on a quick hold. I'm going to close out the show, and I'll pick you up afterwards. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money.